0: Welcome to the Trash Cats Trash Cast. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. Today is uh oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Trash Cats Trash Cast. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. Today we're gonna be talking about entertainment. Uh, in particular, we're gonna be talking about a documentary called The Carts of Darkness.
1: Dude. So Fucking, fucking good good was this documentary man super fucking good
0: first though uh you got any honorable mentions uh yes
1: but how was your week
0: oh uh it was really good <laughs> yeah we do that first don't we
1: um
0: my my week's been actually pretty good um i hung out with my cousin it was his birthday over the weekend um we played a bunch of board games because um we talked about playing video games because that's you know what we do usually um but since we get to do that online and stuff like that. Um, and we don't usually get to play the uh, fun, um, rules-heavy board games that we like to play that <laughs> no one else that we love enjoys. Um, we we did that. We played a lot of uh, the Forbidden Desert and Forbidden uh, Island games that are uh, super fucking good. Um, nice. The, that- it's like co-op participation games that are... Uh, um, it's, it's all, like, strategy-based, and, you know, it could just be, you know, sheer luck that, you know, you just don't, you know, you get dealt a bad hand to begin with, and you fuck up.
1: That's fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely shout-outs to Keith. Happy yeah, birthday. Yeah,
0: Happy birthday, <laughs> Keith. How was your week?
1: Uh, To be honest, mine's been a mixed bag. I, today I've been feeling kind of sh- shitty, um, but and then Sarah's i think she's coming down with something again fucking ill yeah we're just little little stressed out about covid shit hoping it's just a just a cold but um it's weird i think when like we've talked in the past like when you tie like i tie so much my self worth into uh the things i'm creating which yeah. is like a double edged sword and like, I've still been, ma- like, working on a lot of stuff, but I haven't had as many things finished this last week, and I don't know. Just, it it's kind of not great when that ties into your self-worth kind of stuff.
0: But, yeah. it's yeah. It, it can sometimes make for a better product because you care more about it, and you put, you know, your heart into it, but when you can't hold yourself to the same standard all the time, it hurts your ego a lot more.
1: Definitely. And it's just been uh it's just been the last couple of days, but overall still doing still doing alright. Um, just trying to be productive and uh push through. I'm excited to talk about this documentary though. I had a blast watching this.
0: Fuck yeah. Yo, know, I actually I on the the sickness thing, I was I was going to say I on Monday, I was like my nose constantly running. I like like I'm sitting there like I blow my nose and try to get all the shit out and then just keep Chugging more shit. So I keep, you know, (laughs) I keep blowing my nose and trying to get rid of all this shit. And I'm like, fuck, am I going to be sick? Because even if it's like, you know, like you said, it's COVID shit. So it's like, if I got to, even if it's just a cold or something, because I go to work with all these people, it's like, I have to go get tested now because I can't just go to work with symptoms and expect everything's going to be okay. Even though my industry has taught me that, you know, unless you're dead, on your way <laughs> to the up. hospital, you have to show up, <laughs> right? You know, at least do what you can and then go home. Let someone else send you home. Yeah, which it's is just fucked up, but
1: it's 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 just stressful because every time you don't feel your best, you're like, "Fuck, is this?" You know, and it's yeah. like a, you know, it's always nothing, but you never know, right? Yeah. But uh, what about uh, honorable mentions?
0: Audible Mentions. You got them, I don't.
1: Alright, I gotcha. So, this week, cool art I've come across. I'm sending you them now. Um, we're featuring these two paintings that are some of my favorite styles. It's like the classical but depressive um, dark beautiful landscapes. So, the first one is let's
0: see. clearly a photograph
1: oh oh are you which one are you looking at the bunnies the, or no bunnies? no the
0: the trees
1: okay so the trees it's fucking beautiful that piece is called the winter painted by Valentina Ruth, r-u-t-h-s ruth um and that is from 1881 and god damn it is just beautiful winter fall scenery like
0: i definitely would have believed someone if they told me this was a photo
1: yeah i could see that too it's like so fucking bleak black metal like i used to think landscapes are so fucking lame and then like when i like really got into it i there's just so many absolute masterpieces throughout history (laughs) that are just some of my favorites
0: the fucking contrast in the trees is the only thing that would led me to believe that it was not a you know a still photo taken but then i thought oh someone can you know you can fuck with those levels and shit Mm -hmm. but it's it's really impressive in the the color spectrum used it's it's fucking gorgeous yeah is that a is that a coffin
1: um, I think it's the top of a building, like a little outpost or shed of some sort. Oh, on the ground? I do on the think ground, the, here, yeah. I do think those are coffins. It's like a grave or like some sort jungle. of ruins.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it looks... It's coffin-shaped. Yeah. Coffin-shaped friend.
1: So, yeah, this dude, uh, Valentine, went. he was a German landscape painter and lithographer... From
0: Germany which... Also There's in the Near, almost at the bottom On the left hand side There's this little Cabin Or house And there's like a little speck of light Where you can see like they have like a Whether it's like the window Like the, the light from inside Or like a, a lamp yeah. of Some sort It's like that. that didn't need to be added that didn't need to be there. <laughs> it would have looked great without it.
1: But it's those little tiny things. That, that
0: little fucking detail.
1: Every time. So the the next one is one I'm, I'm... It's almost childish, but I fucking love it. It's dark but playful. Mm-hmm. And uh, this piece is by Gustave Doré. And... He's a French artist, printmaker, uh, sculptor, illustrator, and he does a lot of engraving. And I believe this is uh, lithography of some sort or a, a print. Um, but almost everyone has seen his work, it, whether they realize it or not. He he does a ton of uh, pieces in this style where they're like a lithograph, Print of some sort or engraving and he did um, most of the art that people think of uh, with Dante's divine comedy stuff okay. so a lot of those yeah. imageries of hell or like the angels falling like a lot of those old pieces he was like the dude and this is um, doesn't quite look like his other stuff because it's so playful it's, a, it's called um called uh rabbits heading to the forest by gustav dore
0: no mention of the uh, homeboy over here on the right
1: yeah creeping just creeping it's this beautiful uh gray tone scene of all these rabbits uh, like looks like it feels like hundreds of them looking into the woods as as the moon rises above them
0: I don't know I can't tell if it's I assume it's part of the the image, the way it's printed, but the the sky, the way that's done, it's like this effect it almost looks like like a fingerprint.
1: yeah or that's, like
0: brick or something.
1: And that's like one of those telltale signs of this type of print.
0: Okay. Because it's yeah, like his, they'll... his, lo- the, it's like straight across the top and then it like bends in. Yeah. It's, it's very fucking cool.
1: It, for me, this one was one of those like, it's still depressive and dark, but it, it's still lighthearted and it's fun. It's a yeah. fun one for me. Like, I love his other like hell scenes and stuff, but this just, um, it's kind of it it's magical. playful. It's yeah. got uh
0: it's got a nice energy to it. It's definitely a little dark, but it's it's you know, it's a fun dark.
1: Definitely. So uh that's it for honorable mentions.
0: Let's let's talk about these Trailer Park Boys ass motherfuckers. Oh this this God. documentary made me want to go back and watch Trailer Park Boys again, which I haven't done in a while. Dude,
1: that's hilarious.
0: It just it was it was all the I was it wasn't just the um uh, the accent—that's a lie. It's—it <laughs> was just the, you know, like the, it was a scene where they're they're counting bottles, and he said something like, "That's that's a uh, those are that's a dime a piece right there." And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck, man, that's some that's some Ricky shit."
1: Hey, the the leaders are twenty cents.
0: Oh, the leaders are twenty cents. That's right.
1: <laughs> so, uh, do you, you want to give like a brief uh, introduction to it?
0: Yeah so uh, this documentary Carts of Darkness. Um, it's a documentary about um, a, a group of homeless men that live in uh, North Vancouver. So it came out in 2008. let me put that out there. Uh, the group of homeless men they live in Vancouver and they use these shopping carts to collect <laughs> bottles and cans um, from like recycling because there you can you know re- return uh, recyclables and get money for them um they then they some of them race down the steep hills in the city um (laughs) sometimes uh uh, claiming speeds as high as uh 70 kilometers an hour which is like 45 miles an hour
1: yeah um
0: if you've ever gone 45 miles an hour like on a bike or something like that's fucking terrible i've only gone like 30 something on a bike What's like the the fastest, a pedal
1: bike. What's the fastest you've ever gone outside of a ride? Maybe
0: that—that's got to be it. I don't think I've gone faster than that. And it was like going down a hill on a pedal bike.
1: What about like a car?
0: Oh, on a car. Oh, um, man! My parents listen to this. I've—I've um, <laughs> I've hit a Hondo. Yeah, at least a Hondo.
1: I've never got past like one fifteen. But I have gone more than 100 while snorting Ambien and heroin.
0: That's terrible.
1: (laughs) Dude, the thrill.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. That's not a thrill, (laughs) Steven. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Dude, watching these dudes. All right. So, like, they're collecting. Like, these dudes go out every day, and they're collecting their bottles. And they're getting their money for the day, and they are just like riding these shopping carts everywhere. Like, and these hills in their city are fucking massive. Like, I don't know if I'd wanna do that on half of those hills.
0: Oh, yeah, no, fuck that. I mean, I can, I get how it's fun and why it's fun, but like, there are so many close calls.
1: Through traffic and shit. Yeah,
0: just like people pulling out of an <laughs> intersection and they don't see them. It's and like beautiful. They, the one they that they caught on, you know, like they were following a guy and he hit somebody. Like he t-bones a fucking car pulling out, or he gets t-boned. I forget exactly how it happened, but
1: yeah, and yeah, and had- like
0: his fucking legs broken.
1: Broken leg, hundreds of glass bottles, shattered.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he just leaves all the shit there, like, you gotta get me the fuck out of here. We He's gotta like, go. Yeah. Gotta go. <laughs> like uh, fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Like this this documentary is both as funny as I I had hoped and deeper than I expected it to be.
0: Yeah, same. I I, I watched no previews for it. You told me what it was about and that's all I knew.
1: Yeah, and this is um, uh just for everybody, anybody listening, this is a free documentary on YouTube. Uh, so feel free to check it out. It's like an hour. Came out two thousand eight. Fuck! I, believe... I paid
0: ten dollars for it on Amazon. That's a lie. Okay, good. It is on Amazon <laughs> though.
1: Yeah, I believe the director himself put it on on YouTube for free. Um, and it it's one of those like documentaries where you like you can tell this director like really spent a lot of time with these homeless dudes and it's like a lot of it's very funny but it is not like uh demeaning to them at all it's just like a real look at what these people's lives are like
0: yeah and yeah i I think it really does a good way of you know i guess humanizing them that to make you know makes it sound like they weren't before but it, it shows them in a light of like these are people too like look at like this is how they're making their living and then you know it would cut from them collecting bottles and talking about bottles and stuff like that and the carts and and then you know they'd be you know they would take a couple steps off of the street into the woods and he's like this is home and there's just like right. a mattress on the ground in the woods and it's like like fuck man
1: yeah it's it, it's some heavy stuff and what i love about it is the guys are like so light-hearted and free not all of them you know like and there's a ton of like real poverty and mental illness but a lot of these dudes are doing it because this lifestyle offers them uh freedom and they love doing it you know right.
0: and that, that, I, I did find that to be pretty cool
1: so exhilarating like watching them like oh man the dude gets you know one of the dudes al he goes to jail for 10 months and the first thing he does is he risks going back to jail just to bomb this hill in this cart and it's like he you could tell he was just ecstatic and it was oh man it gave me it gave me chills bro like i i wanted to go with him you know
0: yeah that's I, i think about it all the time like the even like um like skateboarding videos and stuff. Like, like one person's doing it, but someone else is all the cameraman's doing it, also, yeah. and they're filming it.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm really excited to talk about this director too, because that was such a big part of it. Dude yeah. it was really cool. But I was gonna say, like, man, so many of these dudes. Like, part of this documentary. Did make me legitimately um, both happy and sad because it reminded me of so many people I knew, like partic- Same. particularly like uh, like the burnouts or like definitely like my rehab friends and shit, like people that I I really cared about or like I I used with and like I knew they were never gonna be okay, but like we always enjoyed each other's friendship when we were together kind of thing. Right. And it's like, oh, man, sometimes you wish you could help people more. And it's like, I think this documentary did a really good job showing of how, like, sometimes you just have to let people be free to make their own decisions, good or bad.
0: Yeah. And even the you know on that same on that exact level there's the one guy with that um Al decides he's gonna you know quit drinking and he's like i'm he's talking to the other guy about doing it too cuz he's worried about him yeah. and he's like you know i'm i'm just gonna start i'm just not gonna drink today and then see how it goes and then probably not gonna drink tomorrow and then you know just day at a time and that's that's the best way to look at it i think yeah you know, especially if you, you know, if it's a part of your daily routine, that like it's a big deal that like you didn't have a drink that day.
1: Yeah. Cause any of these dudes collecting bottles, what for whatever reason it is, and it's not like they're all addicts or drunks, but if you're collecting bottles uh, to survive, you're clearly not in a great place. There are right. some of them. There was one dude in particular who really was just an artist and like a weirdo. Yeah. And, and he didn't need much money to live because he had his trailer and it allowed him to be free. And there's always people that will be kind of an exception, but still, I don't think any, any of those dudes are doing great. Right. But it's not always just drugs or alcohol. What?
0: Yeah. I, I feel like the, the idea that, you know, uh, and also if they, you know even if they were an alcoholic beforehand you know then they were trying to quit like you're around bottles all day you go to the beer you know in in Canada you go to you know the beer store to return bottles and um, they might have other places but most of the time that's where they go and like that's where they sell beer you mm-hmm. either get beer from the beer store or from the liquor control board um and like you don't there's not like a you know the there might be different um what's it called provinces in Canada where you can just go to the grocery store and get liquor, but, or get alcohol. But, um, at least I know that's true in Toronto and I think the true same's true in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So, so like they're around it all the time. And when you live like, you know, when you're living like that with like not much of anything, it's like, boy, that's, that would make me want to drink. Yeah. You know, that's I, you know, I can't, you can't be mad at them for it. That's, it makes sense. They, they're living with as, as little as possible. Right. It's so like you can see where it would be, you know, and you can get a, a tw- you know $10 or $12 bottle of, you know, th- the goof. The- it's just fucking fortified <laughs> wines, 20% alcohol. It'll knock you right the fuck out.
1: All you need is sunshine and a bottle of goof. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I want to talk about... Uh... About some of that a little more. I kind of wanted to, if you're cool with it, start at, at the beginning a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, because I think this is important to the story. It kind of had this whole side plot. So, this documentary was directed by, what is his name? Murray?
0: Murray? I think it's Siple. It's okay. either Sciple or Siple.
1: Yeah. So, this dude is... He was a snowboarder. Before this documentary, he was a snowboarder. Um, And then at some point, he was in a car accident that destroyed his legs to some extent. And he's in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. So he's in a wheelchair, and he decides he wants to make this documentary of the homeless dudes in Vancouver. And throughout the film, we see him really befriend these dudes and like support them and what was so interesting is i think i think he was so drawn to this community because they were able to to hit these high speeds and feel free
0: yeah and he he mentions that it's like he he feels more at home with them than he has with anyone in a long time since he he hasn't been able to do, you know, skateboard or snowboard or, you know, do the extreme sports shit. Yeah. So he feels an immediate connection with them just being real. But they're just like walking around and like talking about shopping carts and stuff. And he's fucking all for it. He's, you know, they talk about his, <laughs> you know, uh, um, you know, he, he, he mentions he talks about trust a lot. Yeah, and like how they just let him in and you know they're just accepting and you know he doesn't want to betray that trust. That was his his other big thing is like he doesn't want to you know fuck with them about it. He just wants to, you know, be around and, and be with them and you know talk about them and learn and shit. Right. Without, you know, exploiting them.
1: I I really connected to to uh, what you said there like that he felt like I feel more at home around those kind of people than I do a lot of other people. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: You know, it's 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 often true that the people that have less, you know, give more. Yeah. You know, they're they're more willing to, um, be kind and be trustworthy or be you know be trusting. Uh, trustworthy is a different one but being trusting of other people because what the fuck do they have to lose number one mm-hmm. but number two it's you know they they have I mean I, I would argue they have less um, inhibitions about like well you know not inhibitions that's not the right word they have more to gain from being kind to strangers I think it's a, it,
1: it's also an empathy thing like when you know what it feels like to be down and out, it's so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You
1: feel for other people more, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Man, I know like the times I've been down and out, I found people were more giving to me than like any other time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and if you're able, and if you've been there before, you're able to see it in others and there's something, uh, like, magnetic about that, you know?
0: Yeah. I feel, I'm. Um, you know, I'm very thankful and, and appreciative. I've always had a roof over my head. I never really had to worry about food. You know, I've always had a job or some, something, you know, that I'll, I'll be all right. Um, but even, like, growing up, you know, we, we went to school in downtown Cincinnati, so we would take the Metro bus to get to school, and then you have to walk, you know, several blocks to get there. And, you know, like, so- I ended up befriending uh, at least two different homeless dudes that live down there um i'd like bring them you know mcdonald's one day or you know get an extra bagel from that bakery across the the way and <laughs> and drop it off to them you know like i or you know money if i had it but then that one guy got actually he got in a fight with somebody else because i gave him money yeah and then some other guy was like you're taking money from kids you fucking asshole and this shit and it's like oh, okay that starts to
1: get yeah, vastly like, more complicated. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, that's and
0: I was like, okay, I'm just going to bring you fucking food, dude. But yeah, it's, I don't, I don't, I feel like they're just, it's just like you said, it's uh, a more, you know, it's the empathy. Like yeah. When, like you, what if you, you don't gain anything from shitting on somebody because you know what it's like and you've been there and you, you're there. You know, even in, you know, like I said, I've never had to worry about, you know, matters like that. But, you know, even in your darkest times, you, you know, it's humbling.
1: So, yeah, there's been like a couple, there's one YouTuber in particular, but you hear people have similar um, thought processes. But I, I was listening to this dude and like I found one of his earlier videos where, he had that whole philosophy of, like, you don't give shit to homeless people because they're not going to want to work or earn it themselves. and that Get fucked. Dude, man. But that's, like, the whole, like, Republican deal, man. Like, I don't understand. Like, there's, there's both inside politics and just in the world in general, there's so much lack of empathy to people that are struggling. Like, these dudes, like... Might have been really fucked up in a lot of ways, but, like, they're just people trying their best.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, the more like, they get put down, the worse it's going to get. If yeah. there's no one there that, that's, like, trying to give them a hand, of course it's going to continue to get worse. That's why when they showed um, they showed homeboy picking up, you know, cans out of people's recycling bins, he'd, he'd you know, if they were outside, he'd ask them. it was cool and they'd go yeah yeah of course and the woman was like they deserve uniforms they should be out here like this is fantastic what they're doing (laughs) dude
1: i thought that lady was so cool
0: i was like all right yeah fuck yeah like you know it's like what do they have to lose about it you know like they're just taking their fucking recycling you know shit that they could take back to the store also and get money for it but they don't want to right put it out with recycling
1: now, here's where it's kind of interesting. So, they call themselves binners because they're always hitting the blue boxes, the recycling boxes. But is it fucked up that a lot of times, like, they're just taking the cans from recycling? Like, the people already put their recycling out. That shit's already getting recycled. Is it fucked up that they're. I don't really think it's fucked it, up. No, it's it's, it's going to
0: get. No, it's going to get recycled either way but they just they're collecting the deposit on it. The recycling bins when you have a uh you know a deposit area, mm-hmm. you know, where you can get that. It's like the recycling's more for paper and you know other glass and shit like that.
1: But I think the the people that pick up the recycling, the 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 collect the people collecting the bottles, the binners, sanitation workers. Yeah, they were worried about sanitation workers seeing them around because in theory, they're just getting paid to pick up recycling that would have been recycled for free, right? Yeah, which is kind of fucked up. I mean, I definitely mm. don't think it fucking matters, but no,
0: you know, because it's it's not. that's the thing is, like, is that those people, the 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 homeowners that put the recycling bin out, could have taken those same cans to the store themselves and deposited the thing. So what's different from someone else coming up and picking it up and taking it there Well, to cash be- in on it? Because the, at least from, from my understanding is all that shit that when they, when the sanitation workers pick it up, they put it into a thing, it's going to get smashed mm-hmm. and then deposited, you know, to a recycling center afterward.
1: But in theory, that means the city has to pay for these dudes to cash in the recycling, whereas the, it would have been free if those residents were just doing it weekly. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to pay. Yeah, the residents I, for. I it. don't.
0: I don't see the. Um, I. I
1: don't either. I just yeah, I don't, I don't see the
0: the the, um, the value advocate. lost being big enough that it's not that it's a problem. Uh, I I I, I, I agree. know I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I I'm also sh- I don't think it's.
1: I'm sure people argue that because you're then paying for this community. You're letting this community exist. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Which I I don't think is bad, but no, I'm exactly. sure there's it, a- it's
0: it's an opportunity for people that don't have anything mm-hmm. to at least sustain themselves, you know, and say survive on the smallest, you know, scale possible, but
1: yeah, it's not the job they deserve, but it's a job that they can be their own boss and create income for themselves.
0: Yeah, and think of, you know, like they had the one guy that was going around picking up, like, water bottles and stuff out of the trash. And, like, stuff that otherwise wasn't getting, you know, right. cleaned, that's not going to get recycled anyways because someone put it in the trash or they littered it. Right. You know, like, there's that, too. That, you know, it's, mm-hmm. so I, I think it's, uh, if anything, it's... is. A uh, uh, more of a positive than it is for a benefit in any community, right? Um, there Are the... people around here that do that actually? That, oh, you yeah. Know, that don't even you know definitely don't look like they're homeless at all. You know, there's one guy in uh, the neighborhood I used to live in that would ride down the street on his on his bike, and he had a couple bags on the back and a bin in the front, and he'd go through people's cans and just you know whatever he could find.
1: Well, that's the thing is we should be incentivizing recycling more like Canada, like oh yeah, the, absolutely. There's a reason it it's worthwhile for for other cities or countries to do this and why people on the margins of society can sometimes survive doing this and right uh, we don't value that enough in a lot of places. um one of the lines I really liked was um, the dude saying, this is my sport, and I'm just making money doing my sport. Like, he thought yeah. of it as an extreme sport, and he didn't mind being homeless as long as he could do his sport. And he was getting paid to do it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, if you guys watch this and you see the hills, they're bombing down. They're it steep. Is, Yeah, it is an extreme sport. It's like San Francisco, like... Kind of hills.
0: <laughs> it's it not in steep and like curving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, winding. Yeah, the fucking long ass hills. The
1: driveways, traffic lights. Multiple
0: <laughs> intersections going through them. They're getting And There's injured. no there's no break. The break is you know you have your foot one of your feet on you can kind of slow yourself down a little bit.
1: Right. They but have when like, you
0: get cranking that fast, you ain't gonna stop.
1: They have like these different like stances they do that look like a bowling leg like they'll sweep one leg to the side and they have to get just the right cart and get like if they're gonna bomb a big hill for racing they know they're gonna go through shoes really quick and then they have to steal shoes it's like it really is their sport they even like mod the carts by weighting them with rocks and shit yeah (laughs) bricks and rocks like putting 40 pounds of of stone in your your cart so you can hit a big hill even faster.
0: The fuck yeah! This <laughs> is just so fucking wild, dude. Of it's... all the extreme sports, that's. <laughs> I mean, we we used to do like I couldn't I couldn't balance on a skateboard to save my fucking life when I was younger. So I would like street luge on one. Oh yeah, and you know, but we always had like a spotter down mm-hmm. you know the hill or it'd be like a one way situation where like you can look out and like you know look for people about to pull out and stop them but to not have that net yeah no dude there's no fucking way
1: straight through traffic lights um and they got some close calls on videos a couple couple decent injuries they, there weren't as many like filmed crashes as would have yeah. been quite interesting. I don't like. You don't want to say it would be awesome if they wreck, but uh, I'm sure people are wrecking the cars pretty often. There weren't there right. weren't quite as many shots of that, but you see them do some crazy things through traffic. I mean, they can't fucking stop,
0: <laughs> right? Um, on that the um. They're talking about he's talking about the trust and he didn't want to betray the trust and he wanted to like return it to them. And then the the camera cuts away and it just shows him, the the director in the shopping cart, and they're fucking bombing that one hill
1: at the that. And that's you know, if you're watching this, spoilers already, but you're uh, not really there's no real spoilers because it's just a a real look at it. Yeah, but the last shot of the documentary is um the disabled director in a cart with one of the dudes out as they're bombing a massive hill.
0: It's so fucking cool.
1: And you could tell like that director, like I feel like the whole thing was like kind of leading up to that. Like this was the real reason he wanted to shoot this. Like not entirely. Yeah, yeah. But-, but
0: he he you know, for him to feel that that rush, that adrenaline rush that he I'm sure he couldn't from and that- yeah. You know, I'm sure there's there are some things that he could do in, you know, with the wheelchair thing, but I'm sure there's a lot of restrictions on the stuff that he's legally allowed to, you know, get away with and shit like that or, you know, within like sports. I mean, you know, like the stuff like that. So I, I don't know.
1: And, it, and the sense of community where he he's with his his friend like just, you know, getting that speed, hitting these hills in a cart with his his new friend. I don't know. They're to me, that last shot was so telling of the director's motivations, and I think it was fucking beautiful. That that dude, Murray, is awesome. Such yeah. a cool dude. Such a ballsy film. It's so, like, down-to-earth and humble, and it just, that last shot, like, that made me really happy,
0: man. Yeah. Uh, fucking awesome movie the other one was the um um i'm sorry i'm sure you, you you have you have points let's go let's go in your point order
1: let's okay um uh one of the dudes <laughs> he kept his line was uh cans have greater value than diamonds yeah he's like i'd rather pick cans than diamonds because
0: <laughs> yeah this value stays the same yeah this value is you know it's predictable you
1: never know how the markets will fluctuate, but cans are always this amount, and it is very talent. That's an interesting, uh, like look on society too. Right. Um, I really liked, I really liked Al and Fergie. These are two of the main dudes. So, Fergie, uh, Al described him as pickled as a newt, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was the the older dude. Um, he played guitar his whole life, but you could tell he was really falling apart. Yeah. Uh, he was the guy, um, that really had the true alcohol addiction and Al, as you were saying earlier, was trying to get him to quit. And it was funny cause Al had no intentions of quitting drinking himself, but was pretending to quit to try to get. Uh, Fergie to quit. And it's funny because Al's wearing a Budweiser shirt the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice that.
1: And they're in the woods on Fergie's mattresses. And like Fergie earlier been talking about hanging himself. And Al's trying to like get him to consider making a change and not to give up hope kind of thing. And Fergie wanted to go to rehab. And what I really liked about what he said, he's like, Rehabs are so messed up and it's not because what they're doing is bad but you're with all these other people that have really heavy yeah. problems too. And for someone like myself that's really depressing. I would rather be in the woods alone. Right. I don't know, man. I it's it was such a like simple look at like uh like not just rehabs but like places where like, society typically tells people they have to go to get better, and a lot of times those aren't great places. Right. For different and, reasons, too. But
0: Yeah. I think that reason in particular, though, it, it, it hits on the empathy thing we were talking about. You know, when you're—the more empathetic you are, the more you can absorb other people's emotions, and you feel it for yourself because you've, you've either been there or you can at least put yourself in their shoes. And— you know, I can, I can understand how he feels that way because it, it just brings you down more to be with all these other people. And, you know, like he said, you know, you're hearing their stories and their, you know, their sob stories and stuff. And it's like, that's not helping me. It's making me, like he said, making me more depressed. And it's, yeah. I mean, you know, you always want to be there to, you know, it doesn't help because you want to be there to lend a hand and, you know, hear people out, but it does take a toll.
1: Yeah, dude. For me, that's been massive. Like, I've had to do so many, like, both court-ordered and voluntary uh, meetings, where it's AANA, A- A- N- A, whatever, recovery bullshit, and, like, I don't believe in any of those programs, but I do think it's important to be around other people like me kind of thing but like i don't want to go to meetings because there's there's always people relapsing you can get high anytime you want to and it's like what he was saying it it really just when it's a constant reminder and like someone tells you that's what you need to do all the time it is it's just sad all the time right you know like the you, and it's not that people shouldn't, like, you might need some sort of support system or meetings or whatever, but it, it can't only be that. Like, if you're locked up in a like a shitty rehab where everyone's problems are really heavy, you feel, if you're an empathetic person, you're going to feel all of that, too. Right. And different people need different things.
0: Yeah, I was just... um even listening to... Um, I was listening to the, the last episode about the Thuggies, and um, I don't remember the line now, but we were... Um, oh, I, I just said something about defund the police, and I realized that, like, what what that means to so many people is different.
1: Yeah, I um, was wondering when we were going to end up touching talking, on that. Touching yeah. on
0: that. Um, I, I think you're always going to need someone to deal with violent people that, you know, can cause harm to other, you know, innocent people. So there, there's going to be something of that effect. But to, it's important that those people be trained properly. Those people be, um, you know, uh, um, trained with dealing with de-escalation rather than you know, just, a, assault, um, having a lot of the, uh, um, things that, you know, the police deal with, like, um, dealing with people that have, you know, either mental issues or addictions or, um, with, uh, uh domestic issues and stuff like that. Like they can d- divvy that to specialists to, you know, re- you know, people have been saying like social workers, but like. People that know what they're doing and can help fix those problems rather than just put them in jail. You know, it's like if someone's addicted to drugs, putting them in jail is not going to cure them of their addiction.
1: Fuck no. It makes it so much worse. It's so fucking stupid. It's but, so yeah. fucking dumb. And I, I think there's a big push for um, more mental health workers instead of police, or um, a change in the priorities. Not so much. I don't think where either of us are living, but there is a, a bigger push for that in general, because it because most people who say defund the police, that's what they mean. But there's this right. whole like co-opt on that term for it to mean other things. Um, I mean, I fucking hate the police. Right. And and I don't want police or law enforcement to exist at all, but, like, realistically, we there, as a, like, ideally, I don't want governments to exist, but that's not really realistic or practical. There's got to be some sort of... Uh, like, just a
0: system of understanding yeah. and, like, a, not, I don't want to say hierarchy, that's not the right word, but, like... You know, these people do these things. You can, you know, these people will assist you with these things. And certain things should be private. certain things should be, you know, um, regulated by you know your your state or your, you know, your your country. And that makes sense because, you know, like like food grading and stuff like that. Like you can you go out and buy, shitty you know like raw or not shitty but like raw milk and stuff like sure you can go to a farm and buy raw milk but if you get sick off of it that's your you know that's your fucking fault and now it's the farmer's fault for selling it to you and you can sue them and that's fucked up so there's regulations on how you can get stuff like that so like that's a a a weird example of it but of why there needs to be why there should be some kind of regulation within a system even if it's as simple as that, but then when, um, sorry, I lost track on the oh. So the the like defund the police thing. It's like it's I I look at it more of like a you know restructuring. Like yeah, what, just the, what what the police is now
1: is not is, a good system.
0: Yeah, it's not a good system. You know, so much of what our country is now is not a good system. It might have worked, you know, back in the 1700s. It doesn't work anymore. There's, you know, so many more times the population that it doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. It's it's a different world now. So.
1: Yeah, and like a lot of the people that, um, like social justice warriors and people that use the term defund the police i think i do think a lot of people don't fully know what they're saying but i also think if you look at that as a whole when you have that many people like screaming or demanding that change whether they know exactly what it looks like or not i think just in the most simple way it just means changing the priority from oppression to a form of something more loving you know like right more empathetic to change the priority from war and oppressing people for breaking laws to how do we help people and right. I, and that that's a very different mindset I don't know it's a fucked up world bro yeah. And it's all Fuck in this people. stuff. Yeah, People man. suck.
0: In general, people suck. That's my dishonorable mention for the week is people.
1: <laughs> so what it... I can eat my like, whole ass. <laughs> I really liked when Al Al went to jail. We never really found out what, but when he got out, one of the first things he said was, they don't even have shopping carts in jail. <laughs> <laughs> It's like my fucking oh, dude.
0: Uh, some some Ricky shit right there. Right yep. before he went in, he was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have any more good meals. And it's like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck are you eating? You dude, live they, behind this department store.
1: They you know they eat good though. Not most of the time, but like the when they're grilling at the Getting liquor them store that sa- <laughs> oh man, but breaks, but they're cooking up that Thanksgiving salmon. That uh brown oh, Yeah, I right. yeah. look good, man. Like uh Man, these motherfuckers are resourceful. That's for sure. Like, it, I mean, most of them are just trying to get their bottle or two for the day and food. And you know they're eating good sometimes. And it's yeah. probably better than jail a lot of the time. Yeah. But uh, Al gets out of jail, and the first thing he does, we were saying earlier, he bombs that hill, and it's a it's called Mountain Highway, and it really does look like just a highway going down. The it's fucking mouth.
0: Fucking massive. <laughs> Like I'm sure I I because I've tried to film stuff like that when I was in Colorado like similar ideas and it's like the scope of how steep that is you can't get that on Uh, camera that doesn't it doesn't translate the same
1: it's kind of like uh that uh Netflix We Are the Champions the cheese run
0: oh god yeah god that there is so many different angles they showed that at that I was like. Like oh my god! Like you know, they start it, showing it at first, and you're like, "All right, that's okay. it's not that big oh, of a deal." Fuck, that's a big <laughs> ass hill, Jesus Christ!
1: Yeah, it's those kind of hills, but long. Um, one of my other favorite lines is uh, Fergie's doing uh, some guitar playing on the lakeshore, and uh, or he might have been in the woods at the time, but he said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So good. He said it's like Walt Disney. I had two pet skunks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just fucking playing around in the in the in the pond or whatever the fuck it was. Oh my god. Jesus.
1: That's beautiful. All you it's, need is sunshine and a bottle of goof. Oh, it's
0: like fucking Walt Disney. Dude, that is a
1: beautiful sentiment to me. It Dude. really
0: is. It's such a simple concept idea of like you know, just a an easy thing that made him smile kind of thing.
1: Yeah, man. Like some of my best times in life still were like the times I'm like, my life's a mess and you got, you got the woods and you got your drugs and you know, you're good. Like you're not going to be good for long. (laughs) It's not going to last long, but you know, you got at least 12, 24 hours where you're, you're just free doing your thing. And there, there's something amazing about that.
0: I mean, God. I feel that way every time I get home from work and I put my phone on silent.
1: Yeah, like, oh, I got at least <laughs> eight <laughs> hours. Get left the
0: fuck alone. Not answering oh. any calls for shit. I usually have a uh, do not disturb so that on so that I can, I'll still get notifications from you, either of my parents, and my coworkers, not my bosses, my coworkers. Because <laughs> I like talking to them all the time. That's fine. That's if they need cool. anything from me, I'm there for them Hell yeah. but but
1: your bosses
0: uh, well, I, I'm not answering that phone call after six. are you out of your mind? Dude, no why, they,
1: why did why do bosses do that kind of
0: shit? It's like if if I was salary I'd get it Kinda like, yeah I mean I mean in in, in my line of work I'd get it but I'm only not only am I hourly but also I'm only working 20 hours a week right now because they can't bring me back on for more. And I talked to them about bringing me back on for more, and they're not willing to pay me for it.
1: So and then you want to call me after six? Like,
0: yeah, fuck right off. Call me after six for some shit that you could have said in a in a text message. That's the other thing is like if they call and they leave a and they don't leave a text message, that call never existed in my head. They don't leave a, a voice right. message or something afterward. That then yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna call them back for sure. I used to do like if they call me, I'd let it go to voicemail. And if they left a voicemail, I'd listen to it. And if it was, like, something urgent or something that I can solve really quick for them, I'd call them back. Yeah. It's like, I don't even do that anymore. I don't give a fuck.
1: Now, I'm curious. Do you have any of your own like memories of shopping carts because i do have a theory that there is something magical about shopping carts
0: yes um so <laughs> i'm actually i'm glad you brought i'm glad you asked me that question because i was remember i remember thinking while i was watching this um when i was young yeah. i remember telling my mom like i would always you know when we get out of the grocery store you, you scoot on the cart and ride it to the fucking car ride it out oh, into yeah. the parking lot to the car every and time and, of course, they're scared because, you know, they're going to watch out for cars and shit. And, you know, when you're a kid, that makes sense. Um, but I, I said I said to my mom one time when I was growing up, um, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a, a grown man doing this every single time. Watch.
1: Do you still do it?
0: Um, not every single time, but I do. Absolutely, I, st- I do.
1: I, st- I still do most of the time. Yeah. Maybe not every time, yeah. But.
0: It depends on the traffic, depends on how cold it is outside, and I don't feel like it, and I just want to book it to my car. Sure, yeah. But yeah, no, absolutely. That's there's always that urge, at least if nothing else, there's an urge.
1: And that freedom feels so good.
0: And and finding a, a the a good shopping cart that like you know like you know when your when your local grocery store gets some new ones in, you know, like oh man, none of the wheels are fucking up. It don't squeak it feels sturdy just right yeah man they had a new kroger just open up uh on my way to work and i started going there and brand new shopping carts man oh yeah it's fucking magical you them whole foods shopping carts
1: whole They're foods legit. always
0: has nice ass shopping carts oh yeah now
1: it seems like all places have the the gps locks on the
0: wheels now right um i don't know if that's every place most places yeah i know i think aldi's does Mm. but boy judging by my last apartment i lived in they didn't they didn't give a fuck about it because there were aldi's shopping carts all up in that motherfucker people walking their groceries home
1: see i always wonder like how the fuck are you getting away with stealing that like there's three carts on my street right now like how the fuck are you like i don't know i get it as a kid but as an adult like like i know the adults that t- are using and taking these carts like on my street specifically and it's yeah. like they leave it there and use it ever whatever but it's like how the fuck are you getting these carts out now cuz like the the security on carts has greatly gone up since this documentary <laughs> yeah it
0: my the the management at our um fucking apartment complex would have to return them all the time and like they would they had a stock they were always in the back and i would you know people would use them to like carry stuff up you know groceries and like i used one to move in and move out Mm because they were just there um definitely if i ever had like a whole bunch of groceries to take up i lived on the sixth floor it's like i'm definitely not i'm not you know i don't want to carry them in separately you know i could go get my own cart Technically, um, I did have like a dolly that I could use, but the shopping cart's just right down here. I'll grab that and use it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that, that came in handy more than uh, um, more than ten times, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: but there definitely is something mad Like I have a lot of teenage memories with shopping carts, and that was kind of the the whole era of like uh, Jackass and. Oh
0: God, yeah. Me and David used to do like shopping cart jousting. Yeah, dude, that shit was the
1: best. Or like taking office chairs down the hills and stuff. Like, oh man, it brought back a lot of fun memories.
0: We tried to make a ghetto grill one time and take the take the shopping cart and put it over the fire and use the shopping cart as the the grates for the grill. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think it worked out. I think we just and we decided against it because the flame was burning like green (laughs) and my dad told me that that's poison oh yeah so we we realized there's a coating on the uh the cart that we had (laughs) so we didn't use it oh man we weren't that desperate we were just doing it because it seemed like it was a good idea oh
1: my god man i got a funny one for you so back in the day like early high school i was fucking around with uh with my dudes Evan and Sam, and that was when Tony was around, and we would hang out in Westwood a lot, um, and we just were like walking around getting jumped all the time, <laughs> like dumb kid shit. But there was this park we'd hang out at, and there was this this uh, this one kid who was like three years younger than us that uh, he would like show up randomly. He was really good at basketball. Um and he would show up Like smoking a blunt and he He was like 11 years old like Like one of those young Reckless ones you know Yeah every time he'd show Up he was walking around with the blunt And he would just throw a rock through The nearest window and Bolt and it would always be like Us standing there (laughs) Oh my god Not knowing what the fuck just happened
0: (laughs) Oh Fuck that kid
1: but dude, like over like five years, it probably happened like five, six times. And then uh one time we were we we're in Westwood by uh by the church up there. You know those giant spools of like uh fiber optics wire yeah, construction. Yeah. So there was one of those. And they had uh they had a bobcat that they left the keys in also. <laughs> well, That kid showed up one day. He didn't know the Bobcat keys were there because we took that out a couple times previously, but he saw the spool of like heavy-ass wire and it's the top of this parking lot um, of a church and there's houses at the bottom. And we're like playing Frisbee or some dumb shit and when we're not looking, he tips the spool over. And like that shit had to weigh hundreds of pounds. Like I'm surprised he got it up And we're sitting there throwing the disc or whatever. And we look over. And this thing is like the shopping carts. Booking it down this hill. So heavy. Dude, it hits the side of this house. This brick house. And it went halfway into the living room. Of their house. Like you could see bricks fall. And it was all indented. (laughs)
0: Like two feet. Like... (laughs) I've had my hand over my mouth for the last minute and a half.
1: Dude, it crumbled. The, the side of their house. And like we look over, he is long fucking gone, bro. Oh no. It was it was a problem. It was so, so
0: funny. hold on. Did you guys just like did you hang out with him? No. And then he would he would just show up and then he, commit chaos and then dip
1: he was kind of friends with one of our other friends. They played basketball together, but we didn't like really know him. Like, so did you take the heat for that? We would always run. And like one time we got caught for like a rock and the lady ended up believing us. Cause she was like super racist, but, um, the, all the other times we got away. <laughs> wow. So we would just have to book it. Um,
0: you got off on white privilege dog
1: that's honestly that's exactly what it was but uh like it's funny cuz like i was telling this story like over 10 years after it happened and i was in rehab and one of my buddies was like oh yeah he's like what he look like and i tell him what he looks like he's like that's my son
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck like 50 oh, like <laughs> Yeah, that's a twist right there
1: Dude his dad is the craziest Motherfucker I've ever met man Oh my god His nickname was like his name and then Put him in the trunk Like I don't want to say his name but it was his name Put him in the trunk cause he was known for Putting so many bodies in trunks.
0: Oh my Jesus <laughs> He just would like
1: He would rip the back pockets off people Like no oh, that's that.
0: fucking Gangster right there dude. <laughs> the bad <laughs> motherfucker shit that- he
1: he was a strong dude. And he... Just
0: check your pocket, <laughs> you rip that shit right off the fucking <laughs> Jesus! Oh, that's oh my, my God, that's
1: my dude, man. I actually it's need just to like, talk to him sometime soon. It's like,
0: what do you what do you even do when someone does that to you?
1: He said he would rip their pockets off and then knock them out. Jesus! <laughs> but uh, like he he had done some real things. They they he was in a group that uh. Never mind, I don't want to say it too much yeah, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah Man, some funny stuff And all that shit revolved around shopping carts It was always hills, shopping carts Things that roll down hills I miss that shit, man It's like I don't know, all these dudes in the documentary it, it, There's something so childish about it And innocent Despite how fucked up it is
0: Yeah, yeah uh, That's they, like the, the child wonder meant uh, um thing of it It's that struck me as well Yeah it's like it's such a simple Pleasure that's Easy to, to do but When you take it to that extreme that it does Get dangerous and yeah You know not just to yourself but to Other people
1: it just It makes me want to Smoke cigarettes and shoot Bottle rockets and roll some Carts down some hills like the good old Days
0: yeah right That's so fucking that's a just vibe serious. yeah yeah as i said, it, it made me it had some r- serious trailer park boys energy yeah that i just i fucking love um i was just talking about trailer park boys the other day to somebody and it was there's the episode or the, i think it was the christmas special where they, they get ricky out of jail like right right before christmas and he's pissed because they're about like they, like Christmas in jail is the best part of Christmas. <laughs> like you just get drunk as fuck and stoned and you you know, it's like talking about how much he's he's loving it and he like it's it's where he wants to be for Christmas is in jail. God. And they're pulling him out, he's like, Come on, man, just come back tomorrow. Like, let me just get another day. And that's like, like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's outstanding. Yeah, the the fucking Oh, just that, that energy of, you know, of just not giving a fuck, of, yeah. you know, being being satisfied with less, of the simple pleasures thing. It's just, it's such a, you said, it, it, it takes you back to your childhood. Yeah, man. Doing, uh, doing dumb hood rat shit with my
1: friends. Dude, I just want to do hood rat shit with my friends. I honestly think about that meme, like, often.
0: All the fucking time.
1: <laughs> Dude, because, like, for real, man, like... I think no matter how old you get, that's, like, all you really want is just to do fun, dumb shit with your friends.
0: And smoke with cigarettes.
1: Yeah. Like, as fucked up as their shit was, they were just having fun with their friends. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Um... Sarah, Sarah couldn't handle it. It was like too, like she th- thought it was funny still, but like too emotional. And I think, and I totally get that, but I really think there's just something so pure about it. As sad yeah. as it is, it's just beautiful.
0: <laughs> I think it was emotional despite itself. I think it was, yeah. the, the original intention was not to be emotional. I don't think it was supposed to go that direction at all. I agree. Um, but because of the bond that the director built with these guys, at yeah. least it felt like that's, it ended up there. He, like he wasn't expecting it to be such a, you know, m- sculpting experience for him.
1: Yeah. Or that they would trust him that much yeah. by the end of it. And they, the, uh, some of them at least really did open up to him and, Man, he, he, they did a great job. I also thought it was really cool on um, the first screening of the movie at the... I forget what film festival it was. He took all the guys with him to watch it. Nice. And it sounds like they got all dressed up and they all watched it together. Fuck that's yeah. Fu- that's fucking outstanding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck, man. They're the stars of it. Fuck yeah.
1: They should be there. Um. Now, is there... Are there any other specific points we want to cover? I think we were kind of expecting this could be a shorter episode, and I'm wondering if if there's anything else we want to talk about or how you feeling.
0: Um, brief thing, I guess it kind of can be brief. Um, I was just so, th- so in during the movie, um, Fergie gets an apartment. Kind of, he's yeah. renting the lower the uh, lower floor of a building or uh, uh, lower lower room of a house, and uh, he, he you know he, you get to see the inside of his his apartment and he's got no furniture. You know he, he they go in and he's just sitting on the floor in the kitchen and they're having a conversation, and then he shows you know where he's going to sleep and it's just in the next. In, you know, ten feet away on the floor in the living room, on the carpet, and he's got some socks balled up that he uses as his, his pillow. He says they're clean socks. Um, and he, you know, he's smoking a cigarette, and then he kind of goes out on him while he's talking to the camera, and he just sets it on the ground next to him and falls asleep and like while the camera guys are all there and they're you know having a conversation with him just goes to sleep and it made me think of um so my my cousin's wife um works for an organization that helps find housing for homeless people um and she told me that there's like certain degrees I, I'm, I might be fucking this up completely but there's like certain degrees of homelessness and it's, you know, variable but it's, you know, they base it on like how long they've been homeless and, you know, um, how long they've been without work or how long, you know, they you know, depending on, you know, their behavior and stuff like that and it makes it harder when they've, you know, been homeless longer because they they're just not used to being in places and you know, shit can get you know, they they don't need to worry about, you know, uh, taking their shoes off before they go in the house and not fucking up the carpet because they're used to living outside and shit like that. That, like, it changes the way that they see life and shit like that. So, um, I'm sure there's there's a whole lot more yeah. details of that. But that sh- struck with me. It's like, he's just, he's got a roof over his head. That's all the fuck he needs. And, you know... Dude. Um. I thought that was wild.
1: Dude, that that was by far the the hardest scene for me to watch. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. That
1: was I was sad and but I also had to remind myself like as sad as it was, like he was happy. Like yeah, you, you he still, was happy. You could still tell like like yeah, there's a lot of like misery still in him. But that was things going well. And it just reminded me of a lot of people. Um, I know. And I've, and I, it's hard to watch somebody fucked up. And th- when you remember like times you were probably similar. Yeah. But I, I just saw a lot of myself and other people in that scene. And, but I, I was really happy for him too. As sad as it was, I was yeah. very happy for him.
0: And the only um, reason he was able to even get the the room was because he uh there was uh his unemployment no it was um what was it his um disability
1: disability yeah disability did you notice i'm pretty sure he was wearing a space jam hat
0: yes he was i noticed that too yeah i thought that kicked ass yeah he was jamming on that guitar wearing the space jam hat the other guy um what's the name of the gentleman that lived in the trailer
1: oh he was one of the odd ones he was the
0: artist yeah he played guitar like a motherfucker he was good man he was really good i wasn't expecting that and then virgie starts playing shit i'm like all right dude and and like fuck man
1: the artist dude he had a trailer and he was just like i don't need that much money to survive and he grew plants for people he had all these flowers and these great big gardens and he seemed like he had it relatively figured out. Yeah. Maybe a little off, but he seemed happy and free.
0: He is an artist. He's fucked up.
1: Yeah. I just, admired. It,
0: just a little bit, at least. Yeah. He's gonna be goofy. <laughs> Aren't we all?
1: Aren't we all? Uh, now, I was telling one of my buddies who I know is having a hard time, like, with jobs or, like, relationship stuff, like, as weird as you might be, there really is a lid for every pot. Yeah. I, I, I firmly yeah. believe that. Like, no matter how fucked up you are, how weird you are, whatever, there's a job, there, there's a purpose, there's another person for you. As weird as you fucking are, something exists. I believe it.
0: I'm waiting for them all to show up at once. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I definitely don't have all those things figured out myself at all but uh, you know you could just like look at life and weirder more fucked up people can figure those things out so i know they exist
0: someone i'm sure i'm almost certain it was one of my parents told me a long time ago or taught me a long time ago um uh my favorite way of looking at life and it's If you're on the track that you you're on the road that you want to be on, you're gonna meet people along that road, and some people are just gonna cross, and they're there for a minute, and that's the way it's meant to be. But some you know, if you're going in that direction of of what you want to do and where you want to go, you're gonna meet people that are also on that same path, Mm. and those are the people that you want to be with, and those are the people that you know are gonna be strong for you, are gonna be supportive with you know for you. And, uh, and that's, that's how I, I've looked at life for a long time. And I, I think it's been helpful, at least a, a reminder of every now and then to be like, you know, if, when you start to doubt yourself and doubt the world around you, it's easy to, you know, get clouded like that. But if you just remember, okay, just need to focus on be on my road, doing me shit. Yeah. Um, i mean especially with you know meeting people being single in a pa- pandemic kind of sucks um it's a terrible time for it it's really shitty i'll tell you that <sighs> sorry bro yeah it's a uh, kind of a bummer but um yeah there's, there's a that, light at the
1: end of the tunnel at yeah least.
0: absolutely and that's i mean that that philosophy helps me out with that too it's just you know it's a reminder like okay i'm I'm not upset about being single right now. I'm cool with it. I, I enjoy my solitary you know, my, my solitude, my, my you know I'm, I can be happy by myself, which is uh, a pride that I have that I know not a lot of other people can say. so yeah
1: it dude it took me to like uh, a couple years ago to like be okay with that. like i I always used to be so bad at being single. It was a problem.
0: That sucks, man.
1: Yeah. Like I don't I feel mean, that you're, you're way. You're definitely anymore. you're not
0: outside the norm though.
1: I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the whole point of life is learning how to how to be how to live alone and how to die alone. That's all life is. Yeah. That's and that's I'm very excited when we get to uh afterlife yeah. conversation.
0: That's gotta be next cycle. Yes. Yeah, we gotta do that next cycle.
1: It's on the list. i got some really fun ideas man i'm really excited to discuss them with you
0: fuck yeah dude I, <laughs> I can i can go off about afterlife by myself for at least an hour oh yeah easily so oh, i can I'm, see it i'm into it Oh yeah afterlife and, and um fuck the other one that I, I really like to talk about is um like string theory the idea of, of um Infinite, uni- uh, infinite universes, yes. life in uh, the world in ten. Di- excuse me, the universe in ten dimensions or more.
1: I really want to do. Uh, I won't get into all the ideas, but I really want to do uh, the terror art episode at some point.
0: Terror art,
1: the art of different terror organizations and serial killers.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I thought you meant like those. Uh, Scary stories to tell in the dark and the <laughs> illustrations and those because that's terror art.
1: I mean, like, that's art this, that haunts your dreams. Rate this skin
0: suit. <laughs> is it a buy? Oh. Is it hot or is it not?
1: Uh, What's hot
0: this season? Right well i think that's gonna do it for this week (laughs) i think so man this this was an
1: easy one it was a fun episode um uh next week i think will be be interesting i think it took it took a little while for me to feel comfortable with going into speaking on a pod episode with no intention just straight Seinfeld.
0: yeah i'm
1: really enjoying those that's yeah, really I brain. I think I
0: I have a lot more fun with it, and I think the discussion usually, um, it, it gets weirder. It gets weirder for sure. We get off on some tangents, and that's fun. <laughs> like we we talked about defunding the police for about fifteen minutes back there, um, hey, and or and, and what that means. Yeah, fuck them all. Fuck everybody. Yeah, uh, dishonorable mentions today. Everybody.
1: Everybody. Uh,
0: everybody's a dishonorable mention today. Everybody sucks. Unless you're Andy unless Warhol. you don't suck. And and you know exactly who you are. Fuck the police. Fuck the police. Fuck Andy Warhol. Every day. Fuck Bobby Flay. Fuck Steve Harvey. Uh, fuck Steve Harvey. Who else we got?
1: We need a new person.
0: Fuck Bill Cosby.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Um There's so many. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh we'll have a bigger list next time. We'll we'll we'll, we'll add them on slow. It's going to be it's going to be a long list by the time we by the time we retire. And then it'll be fu-
1: funny to see how many we can actually remember each oh episode. It will be like a percentage.
0: The callbacks, <laughs> all the callbacks.
1: So, uh next episode do some freestyling and then we start a new cycle. Um excited about that? Any shout out stuff?
0: Um, shout out to your brother John for letting us use his music for our intro and outro.
1: Yes, uh, for every episode. Thank you, John. Approaching human, approaching dash human on SoundCloud. Um.
0: Also, shout out to you for all of your artwork. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You can find Instagram. You can, Skyzik,
1: Skyzik.
0: Okay. Yeah. I might have fucked that up. Sorry. Love you, buddy. I love you too, <laughs> man. Um, um, check us it, out on it. Instagram. If you're not already on uh, Instagram, get one. And then, like, what the fuck are you doing if you don't have an Instagram today? Um, it's yeah. You have to doom scroll through something. Don't use Twitter. Twitter's trash.
1: I can't do the tweeties.
0: Tweet boys. Uh, <laughs> hit us up on Instagram on. Uh, Trash Cats Trash Cast.
1: Yep. Thanks guys for listening to us talk about dumb shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate having this this outlet that we can talk about dumb shit and people actually listen to it. Even if it's just our friends and family. It's you know. Been a blast. I'm yeah, I'm down with it. Fuck yeah. Uh also you can I don't know, do we want to give out an email, our email address to if someone has like recommendations for what they want to hear?
1: Yeah. Uh we should also just put it Maybe we should have our ad and then the email address in the Spotify.
0: Um, I don't know Maybe. if I want to do that. Fair um, enough. Yeah, let's just... If they we'll, listen if they listen all the way through here, then they get to email us.
1: What we're going to do after this, I'll talk to you after. I have an idea. But if okay. you want to read out the email address real quick.
0: Yeah, uh, it's just Trashcast trash at gmail.com. Um, you can if you have ideas for episodes you want us to do if you have um if you just want to say hey great job or hey you guys suck you eat, trash, yeah, trash, eat, eat trash yeah eat trash you know tell us
1: you can tell i make ricky uh read everything because i can't remember anything <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember any of these things bro
0: oh i remember that off the top of my head i, I was also the one that set up the email account but yeah, Still. trash cats, trash cast. Make sure you check your spelling before you uh, you you send the email because it is an easy one to fuck up. Um, <laughs> yeah, do that. Get in touch. We want to know what you think.
1: All right, audio, audio, go fast, eat trash. <laughs> It's like Walt Disney. I had two pet skunks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's ridiculous. laughs> he was pickled as a newt, that Fergie. <laughs>